Hi everyone and welcome to Take 10 for a Torah number 799. I hope you all are well. Any questions, comments, suggestions, recommendations, or sponsorships, please email me at rabbiyesmach at take10fortorah.org. Please share or please leave a review. Of course, this week's parasha has the very well-known story, very difficult story of Akedah Sitzchak. It's not clear as to what exactly is the goal of Akedah Sitzchak. It seems that simply Avraham is supposed to be challenged with killing his son, the son which was to be his future, his prophesied about future, and he passed by wanting almost to do it. But the story reads, interestingly, what was exactly the challenge? What was God thinking? How could any of this be? But I wanted to discuss a different element, a side element of the story today. We know it plays an important role in Rosh Hashanah. There's the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, on Rabbi Yavohu, Lama Token B'Shofar Shal Ayel. Why is it that we blow a Shofar Shal Ayel, a ram's horn? And again, it doesn't have to be a ram's horn, but it can be a ram's horn, or it should. Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Tikkul Lefanei Shofar Shal Ayel. Blow before me a shofar of a ram. Why? So that I remember, I recall the story of the Akeda of Yitzchak, the son of Avraham, and it'll sort of remind me about Mestir Nefesh, about self sacrifice, about Avraham's self sacrifice, and hopefully we too will be able to, I don't know, tap into that merit figure out a way to get the credit for Avraham's sacrifice or Yitzchak's sacrifice on Akedah Sitzchak. I always found it interesting that it's Akedah Sitzchak and we give Avraham all the credit. Really, Yitzchak is the one who didn't get spoken to by God. Avraham is the one who got spoken to by God. So it's kind of easier for uh, if you're a Yitzchak. But if you're an Avraham, um, I'm sorry, it's easier if you're an Avraham. If you're a Yitzchak, then you're wondering, like, why in the world should I listen to this guy? But okay, that's why it's called Akedah Sitzchak, perhaps. But in any event, so I want to share with you um, a question that uh, that exists on the um, on the Akeda, and that's the question of what we remember about the Akeda. You know, we have Zechronos and Shofros, and we have these themes, these major, large themes that come up on Rosh Hashanah that tap in to this story, to this event that comes at the end of the parsha. But of course, there's the Shofar itself. Now, where does the Shofar come from? So the Shofar comes from the end of the story. But before we get to the end of the story, I just want to point something out. It's interesting that in Rosh Hashanah laning, in the Torah reading for Rosh Hashanah, we have that the story that we lane and we read doesn't end at the end of the story of the Akedah. And here's what I mean. The Akedah ends famously, Avraham returns to those who he came with, Eliezer, Yishmael, whoever it was, he gets up, he goes back to Be'er Shava, and he dwells in Be'er Shava. There are people who say the Akedah every day. If you know uh, the Akedah, we're supposed to try to say it every day to remember that mysterious nefesh and that self-sacrifice. But in any event, if you don't, just know that's where it ends. But that's not where we end the actual Torah reading. We end the Torah reading on Rosh Hashanah when we talk about the Akedah later. It says, You know, you had some cousins, some cousins were born, and then it goes through, It gives you the whole genealogy over here. Yes. Kesed v'yas chazo v'yas pildash v'yas yildaf v'yas besuel ah v'yas besuel v'u besuel yoladas rivka and of that family of those generations rivka was born shmona ela yolda milka lenachar achi avraham those are the people um, who were born the cousins of Abraham and uh, it's interesting that it tells the story what does this have to do with Rosh Hashanah why is this significant to understand 
Rifka's genealogy after we just spoke of the inspiring story of the Akedah. Why is that important? So the first question uh, is, why is that added on? The second question, though, I think is the more powerful question. And that is, you know, the whole chauffeur business comes from the fact that Avraham had a consolation prize. He wanted to go and uh, offer up his son as he was asked. He wanted to make the Akedah, the binding of Yitzchak. And he hadn't had the opportunity to do that. Or he did have the opportunity, but he never actually killed his son Yitzchak. So now that's great, wonderful. So now let's imagine that I wanted a symbol to remember this idea. I wanted a symbol to remember the idea of the Akedah. So what would I use? So I would use maybe wood, right, because the, the, the Torah says that he walked with wood or a knife or maybe some stones. That's what I would use. Why would I use, why would I use the shofar? Right, if you think about, he sees an isle, he sees the ram that it's caught up in the thicket, with its horns. So we have a reference to the horns. And so he sees this ram and he brings the ram instead. So if you think about it, the ram represents not the success of the Akedah, but the failure of the Akedah. The ram is the consolation prize. Shouldn't we be trying to recreate the goal, to recreate the mysterious nefesh? There was no actual mysterious nefesh and self-sacrifice in using this ram, right? That's not a big deal to use the ram, but it's a big deal to use Yitzchak. So shouldn't it be something that reminds us of the Yitzchak part of the Akedah and not the ram part of the Akedah? So that is the second question, but to me the more powerful question. So first we're wondering why it is that we added to the Torah reading and also why it is that we use the ram instead of something a little bit more direct. And so I think the answer comes from a medrash. The medrash says, Rav Chunu B'Shem Rav Chinna Bar Yitzchak Kol Oso Hayom Haya Avraham Roa Esau Ayel That whole day that they're traveling up the mountain, that they're traveling together, that whole day Avraham had his eye on this ram. Nechaz Be'ilon Zevenitur Viyotze It got caught on some tree and then it got, uh, you know, I don't know, it wasn't able to move, and then finally it pushed its way out. Nechaz Bechorosh Zevenitur, then it gets stuck in a forest, and then it uh, somehow gets out. Then it's finally Nechaz Basvach, it gets caught up in the thicket, and then Venitur Viyotzi, and then it's able to get away, and it leaves. It's really interesting that this is like the Shlomazel of Rams. Kol Osohayom, this entire day, Abraham is watching this out of the corner of his eye, and then finally he sees this isle, they're stuck and uses it instead of Yitzhak. What's the message of this medrash? So perhaps one can suggest, and I heard some of this idea from Rabbi Shalom Axelrod of Young Israel Woodmere, and some from Schlesinger in his Sefer. Uh, he's the chief rabbi of Gilo. So he says as follows. You know, there are two different types of Mesiras Nefesh. We talk about Mesiras Nefesh, self-sacrifice, giving up your life for God. That's a very big deal. That's the story of the Akedah. And that's not something that we always have the opportunity to do, thank God. We're not faced with the decision of your religion or your life. We're not faced with these very big issues. If we would, hopefully we'd make the right decision, but you know what? We're untested. You never know. And perhaps in our minds we'd be sure that we would make the right decision. But there's another type of mysterious nefesh, another type of self-sacrifice, and that's the self-sacrifice of consistent small struggles. Not the ultimate struggle, but consistent small ones. We're so familiar with the idea of self-sacrifice, the stories of people dying al-Kiddush Hashem, the terrible stories that exist, that we sometimes forget that really a lot of these small stories are equally significant, the small decisions. I always talk about how when facing uh, my students with this question and I say, would you give up your life for Judaism? Kids who are not even necessarily so connected will very often say, sure I will, of course I would. You know, Judaism is the most important thing. Of course I would give up my life for Judaism. Not everybody answers that, but some answer that, and many answer that. And then I say, but would you give up a Friday night for 
for Judaism? Would you do the right thing on a Friday night? Would you do the right thing when faced with a decision? Should I put my tefillin on, or should I daven, or should I daven well? Should I make the small little sacrifices? And the answer is, and it's perhaps easy to understand, that constant sacrifices are, are constant, and therefore they wear at us, and they're more difficult for us, whereas we can imagine a lofty, momentary uh, act of, of great self-sacrifice. We can imagine that, but we can't imagine constantly winning these small battles. But that's exactly the point. The aisle, the ram, represents the other half of the Akedah. Sure, the Akedah is about big moments of self-sacrifice. That's that story. But the consolation prize of the Akedah wasn't a consolation prize. The ram, that story, is the story of pushing through and getting stuck and pushing through and getting stuck. That's the idea of the ram. And so that's what we remember on Rosh Hashanah, perhaps because on Rosh Hashanah, more practically, that's what we're dealing with. Our lives are not about big acts of sacrifice generally. We're not at big crossroads making great large decisions. But what we are doing is the day-to-day. And that day-to-day is challenging, and the sacrifice involved there is very different. That might be why the Torah reading ends, not at the end of the Akedah, but with the story of Rivka. There are two lives that a person can lead. You know, there's the life of Yitzchak, the life of Yitzchak, which is all about, oh my gosh, these big moments. Uh, you're the child of Abraham, and you have this story of the Akedah, and it forever literally defines you. Akedah Yitzchak defines you. That moment, submitting yourself to that thing, is who you are. But there's another type of life, and that's the life of Rivka. Lif- Rivka makes a lot of small, important decisions. She is born, as we see, the child of Besuel, the uh, sister of Lavan, and as Rashi later tells us and told us, Lahagid Shivcha Shahisa Bas Rasha, Ba'achos Rasha, Umakoma Anche Rasha. She came from a wicked person, and she made, uh, she was a, had a brother who was wicked, and her location was wicked, and she didn't learn a thing from them. She was able to make the constant small decisions of development to the personality who was able to marry a Yitzchak. Perhaps Yitzchak and Rivka are the two stories as well. The story of the Akedah Yitzchak, where Yitzchak is the sacrifice, or the Ram is the sacrifice. Interestingly, that Medrash ends and says, you know, Your children also are going to be captured by those sins, by those moments of struggle, of uh, getting stuck. From the different kingdoms that they will undergo and the difficulties that they will endure. And Avram says it should be that way. And they should one day be redeemed. Indeed, may we merit through the small struggles to be redeemed in Mashiach.